Welcome to my daily dispatch. This is Brad Inman. So happy to have with us today Bob Goldberg, the CEO of the National Association of Realtors, and Shannon McGann, who's NAR's chief lobbyist. These two have been extraordinarily busy um, the last, well, they're always busy, but particularly the last month. And their handiwork has paid off for the everyday realtor and for the industry and want to get into that. But uh, greetings, uh, Bob, and greetings, Shannon. How are you two doing? Great, Brad. Uh, great to talk to you. And uh, uh, love this uh, series of podcasts that you're doing because it's a great opportunity to uh, engage with our members. Great, Bob. Where are you at? Are you in... Uh... I'm actually, uh, I'm in the D.C. area. We have offices in Chicago and D.C., and I'm in my home in Maryland, and uh, hunkered down like everybody else is. Now, I, you told me before the call that you have, uh, do you have a big family there, and you have some dogs, and what, what all you got going in that, that Goldberg Well, house? It, the, it's my wife and I reconnecting, because as you know, Brad, I travel about 100 plus thousand miles a year, and so I'm always yeah. on planes. Uh, so it's myself, uh, my wife, I've got a 20-some-year-old uh, son who's a boomeranger who, uh, after he left college, went off on his own and has come back to live at home, and it's very convenient for him now. And, uh, and two small dogs, uh, one of which likes to be in every video conference that I do, and the dogs keep looking at each other, which is, why is he here all the time? Uh, yeah. But a good thing, a good thing. I bet you're making them happy being there all the time. Let, let, let me ask Shannon, um, you've been with NAR now about a year, is that right? Or is it longer than that? Time flies so much. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, tell us, where are you Where are you today? Where are you isolated? So I am uh, isolated in the DC area as well. And I've got uh, two young boys here, one four-year-old who is on a competing Zoom call in the other room. They do reading time and simple time via Zoom. So if you hear any uh, noises, that might be him. There you go. Well, you know, there's always, uh, in all these calls, I have early morning birds and there's nothing I can do about them. So there's a lot of my podcasts that you hear the birds chirping and then the gardener and all the rest of it. Uh, Shannon, let's start with you on, um, what was last week like? Um, you're, you're a veteran of uh, the, the political battles in D.C., but has there ever been anything like what you experienced last week? Oh, uh, I would say not. And I, I've been in D.C. for over 20 years now, and uh, I, it is, this is definitely a, a different way of doing things. And for all the talk about a broken partisan Washington, when this crisis hit, Congress acted in an overwhelmingly quick, bipartisan, problem-solving way. And our intention is to continue to work with them in that fashion. Uh, so this is definitely historic times. I mean, the technology that we have available, just talking to you right now and what our, our children are using are the same things that we're using to talk to Capitol Hill. Uh, members of Congress are back at home, but they are still actively engaged in conference calls with their caucus members and uh, their staff is still uh, is still working diligently. And so we have found that line of communication has been open and it's been very promising. You know, it's interesting. I, I feel bad about this, but there's so many people in the industry through this, you know, this daily dispatch and others um, that you'd think I would have known. We've been around the industry though, you know, most of our lives, as much as 30 years, like Brian Buffini and I, I had never met Brian. I had never met Helen, you know, Hannah. I had certainly never had um, 
conversations, the quality of conversations that I've had um, with, you know, in this, this time. And it's amazing how technology enabled that. I think when I see people at a conference in the green room, there's so many distractions and you have a minute of time and then you have drinks and then you're interrupted and other people come. And um, so the quality of these conversations, like you and I, Shane, I remember we've never talked. So th this is really, there's so many side benefits to this. And like that political consensus, that must, for you as someone who tries to achieve that, that must have felt great. Well, it, it did. And this is something that makes realtors so effective on the Hill is that we identify where there are those problems and then the Venn diagram of the solution and where we can be impactful in that way. So as soon as this crisis hit, we went into action to ensure that members and property owners in the industry were all represented in the response. Uh, we saw an immediate impact on consumers in the transaction and so we went and had a, a, a bill dropped within a matter of days that would secure remote online notary uh, and they were working on getting that into a potential phase four package. Uh, and then we also looked at the uh, independent contractors and small businesses and self-employed and commission-based earners and uh, looked at how this package would impact them and to ensure that they were included and, and uh, we were successful in that regard. So uh, even when these, uh, these, these terrible crises happen, it's rewarding to know that we have a strong community of 1.4 million members and that our message is heard loud and clear on Capitol Hill and that we can get these positive results. Well, you got some power behind you. Bob, you made some management changes in NAR, and I think everyone's applauding it. Um, you certainly um, diversified it, which I think is really so important. Um, and I know you brought Shannon in, and that was a big shift. You must be pretty happy with having her in the saddle right now with oh, some uh, of the challenges of the industry. Yeah, yeah Brad, uh, absolutely. You know, Shannon uh, you know, really illustrates a lot of the uh, the new blood that we brought in uh, to be more responsive to our industry, but also being more proactive uh, as an industry leader. Uh, you know, Shannon's background, uh, I think I'd mentioned it, she was uh, cited by some different places as one of the most influential, powerful women on Capitol Hill. Um, I, uh, she always chuckles and gets embarrassed every time I bring that up, but I felt it was important, uh, as did our leadership, that the way Washington works today, we know is different than the way it used to work. Uh, there's so much polarization and, and, and partisanship and people not working together. And here we are as a large interest organization, not special interest, but caring about people that buy, sell, rent properties, uh, living in shelter. You know, that's what we're all about is to help people, uh, consumers, and our members. So we wanted a broader coalition uh, builder, someone like Shannon, who knows people on the Hill. She knows people on both sides of the aisle. She's worked with them. Uh, she's worked with people in the administration, in Treasury. She knows the Treasury Secretary. We, we know the regulators. Uh, Washington does not work, as I said before, where it's who you know. It's how you get to really get the ear of those people and get them to listen to what yeah. it is you're saying. And she's exactly it's like the real estate industry, right? It's about relationships at the end of the day. And it's like Shannon's got them. Can we run through, Shannon, you started to mention some of them. The wish list you had, um, how successful, and, and Bob, feel free to jump in as well. Um, let's run through the core ones that were really important to you that you got through 
And let's get an update on a couple of things, because I know the scramble today for the SBA loans is crazy. If you, if you have any insight for our, our listeners that will hear this today on where that stands and, you know, are, are the banks ready? And um, But can you just first, what are the four or five things you really wanted? How many of them did you get? And you think you'll be able to go back and get a few more? Can you just run those through real quick? And then I'd love to bow banner a little bit about all the resources NAR has and make sure our listeners know where to find them. I'm blown away by the resources that NAR has built for this. Shannon? Sure, sure. So I'll start with uh, the, the last part of the question, which all of these resources can be found at nar.realtor slash coronavirus. That includes an FAQ that I think has tripled in size over the last three days and now requires an index because of uh, how many components are are out there, but uh, when when well, I'll focus on the CARES Act in particular. So when looking at that third tranche of legislation that uh, the president signed into law last week, there were three areas that would directly impact um, our membership that we were targeting: cash flow, uh, taxes, and the uh, loan and grant programs that could be included in here. So on cash flow, that was ensuring that the direct cash payments of twelve hundred dollars. Uh, per adult and 500 per child that would be included in uh, all wage earners and not just those who are W-2 employees. And that was included in there and is based off of 2018 or 19 income taxes. Uh, that also includes the unemployment benefits that are now available for independent contractors and the self-employed, including realtors. That's the first time ever, right, Bob and Shannon? That I mean, never has an independent contractor been able to fly, file for unemployment, have they? And every time in history, has that ever happened? That's that's uh, correct, Brad. I mean, the, and, and the key thing here for everybody to know is that uh, this is not typical unemployment insurance. It is, uh, you know, what they referred to as pandemic unemployment assistance. It's a separate program under the Department of Labor. Uh, the de you know, individual states actually contract with the Department of Labor to be able to offer this. So it does have rules that are different so that when a member goes online to apply, now I will tell you, it's the typical thing where the states are not yet necessarily ready uh, because we've had members go right on trying to take advantage of this and they're getting information somewhat erroneously that says they're being denied. That's because they're going on pages that have been set up for traditional unemployment. So Okay, good. So that's an important to, yeah. point. Don't get yeah. discouraged if you... Um, you know, it's like someone not remembering their password for Inman. Don't get discouraged. You can get in um, so that we shouldn't, those things, we just got to keep plowing away and get more information, right? Can we, uh, let's keep going to, Shannon, going. I cut you off. What are the couple other that were key and sure. in, in, in what might be next and which one did you not get? You're like, oh. Oh, I'll get into all of that. So we did the patient family leave is another one that's been extended to the self-employed, including realtors. And then we also looked at the mortgage forbearance, allowing borrowers of any of the government-backed mortgages like Fannie Freddie and VA and USDA. Uh, so there's a 360-day payment forbearance that helps with uh, the cash flow as well. On taxes, I think we all know that the tax day was pushed to July 15th, not just for filing, but for payments, which is a very big deal because typically they'll say, hey, file later, but we still want you to pay your estimated tax. Not in this case. Uh, there's a payroll tax delay allowing employers and self-employed individuals to defer employees. Shannon, I want to cut you off, but I, I can't tell you that April 15th, because hopefully, and I suspect this is the case, most realtors had saved that money to pay those taxes. 
and exactly. not having to pay that could get them through what could be the worst months, who knows, April and May. Um, and I think the importance of that one is just like, wow, that, that was a real victory for, for people that, uh, you know, maybe hand to mouth more or less. And there are a lot of realtors like that. Go ahead, Shin. Absolutely right. And that was one of those executive actions that occurred very quickly and gave people reassurance. And so I think that was a big one. Uh, we're also looking at penalty-free retirement account withdrawals. So realtors can withdraw up to $100,000 from their retirement accounts without that 10% early withdrawal penalty. Now, of course, there's a recontribution plan on the back end, but at least that this is um, allowing for the ability to tap into funds and I'm sure some more uh, liquidity in the um, marketplace. Uh, the employee retention tax credit is one that did not get a lot of attention leading up to the passage, but is now. So businesses with fewer than 100 employees that do not take out the SBA loans can claim a refundable tax credit of up to $5,000 for each employee. Um, and then larger employers- Now, is that, let, let's, let's be real clear on that one, Shannon. If you don't qualify or you don't get the SBA loan, is that what I heard, heard you say? Exactly. Then you then then you can then you can qualify for the tax credit or can, you can't get both. Is that right? Is that how I understand? Uh, exactly. Uh, but I, then larger employers, there's there's some other restrictions that are there. But the, the entire idea was to encourage employers to keep people on the books through loans or through tax incentives. And if not, then to expand unemployment benefits if they are unable to do so. So on the loans and grants side of things, the uh, Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, which is really a grant program, um, provides relief for small businesses and a fully forgiven advance of up to $10,000 that's available within three days. Earlier, that is getting um, the most attention is the Paycheck Protection Program, the SBA 7A loan, another forgivable loan, so it could be turned into more of a grant that covers those certain costs, including rent, mortgage interest, utilities, and payroll. Uh, this application is now available today. When the sample came out on Wednesday, my jaw dropped. It was a one and a half pages, not including the instructions. Have you ever seen a government form that easy? Uh, this is really designed to get these processed very quickly, and you can go to your local qualified lending institution and apply right there. So those loans are starting to process today, and then they're available for independent contractors starting on April 10th, next Friday. Wow, so what a list. Any, any last uh, little gems in here that we should mention before we move on? Well, I'm happy to talk about the things that aren't on this list that we are uh, that we focused on and that we're including for uh, phase four. I mentioned the remote online notary. So right now, 23 states. Oh, allow I'm so happy about that. I've been, as Bob knows, we've been screaming for the digital transaction. It looks like the forcing function of the digital transaction is a is a virus that, you know, oh my God, who would have thought? But anyway, keep going, Shannon. Exactly. And, and this has been something that we've been communicating with lawmakers from the very beginning. Uh, we did get bipartisan um, group of, of lawmakers to introduce a standalone bill in the House, and we have a companion bill in the Senate, and the negotiations are ongoing. Because the scope of the Phase 3 CARES Act was more of these direct economic benefits and not policy changes, it wasn't really in line with it. But as we go to phase four changes, which we'll get to in a bit, uh, that is something that we're continuing to advocate. And we've gotten some positive responses from uh, FHFA so that Fannie and Freddie are being a little bit more relaxed on the states so that they can get potential executive orders or minimum standards put in place as well. Bob, it's amazing, isn't it? That just kind of the dream package that you probably wanted for years or decades at NAR suddenly is right in front of you to, to achieve. That, that must be a 
very gratifying. And not special interest. I, there is special interest here, of course, but it's not, uh, it's not brazen uh, special interest. There's, a, there's hopefully a public interest, or wouldn't be in public policy, but also there's a, a direct benefit to the consumer by, you know, I mean, give me a break, some of the ridiculous bureaucratic BS that's out there that we've never been able to cut through. It looks like we're cutting it through like warm butter now. Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, like you mentioned uh, earlier, I mean, it's unfortunate that it took a pandemic to drive uh, faster movement and efficiency, uh, moving closer to a 100% virtual transaction capabilities that now brokers are touting that that's what makes them unique compared to anybody else. Um, we'll come out of this a far better efficient and smoother running industry than we were before this. Isn't that great news? Go ahead, Shannon. What do we got next here? What's what's on the docket? Are we now into the future of stuff? Is that the notary bill so important? I just had to. I had a bank. I had a, a, a document that had to be notarized, and they just push, push, push. And I just came back and said, "Really? You're going to risk my health? Seriously? You're going to risk my health?" And they waived it. Uh, but it, you know, God, it took it. You know, like moving a mountain. Now we can do this electronically and save so much time. But it, keep going. Sure. So, uh, so as we're looking at phase four, so congressional uh, leaders have announced that they will be out until April twentieth. That they are continuing to have caucus calls and committee meetings. Uh, I mean, just uh, this week, Speaker Pelosi stood up a um, a select committee on the uh, coronavirus response that'll be led by the uh, House Majority Whip, Jim Clyburn, who has been a great friend of realtors, um, to look at the, uh, the process of how all of these programs are being implemented. Uh, so both uh, Speaker Pelosi and President Trump have signaled that they would support an infrastructure package uh, that could be up to a $2 trillion or so package the, to help move the phase four response. Uh, if I were betting on this, I would say that phase four will more likely be a continuation of phase three. The $350 billion out there for small business loans is going to go very, very quickly. Uh, so I think that there, you're going to see a potential uh, expansion of the current programs that are in place or maybe some tweaks or fixes um, in the, uh, depending on how they're all implemented over the next week or so when we get to that. Yeah. Jan, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but tell me this, is, is the SBA first come, first serve? I've heard that, but is that really what Congress decided? So if you're quick to the draw and get your application, it, it's, there's a limit to it, right? There is a limit to it in, uh, in what was appropriated for it, but it also depends on how the banks are processing it. Um, as you can imagine, you asked a very good question that everyone else is asking and trying to get to the bottom of. So, uh, so our anticipation is that if, there is, if it does hit that amount, that there will be a quick action in order to extend it because it'll show the popularity and the impact of that program. You know, and one thing important, Bob, you and I and all of us should really help the industry now. You know what happens with all this. We've seen it time and time again. When I started as a cub journalist in the 80s, I covered the savings loan crisis. You know, and there's so many charlatans in real estate and the realtor, the good professional realtor protects the consumer from these charlatans. But when the tax code changes, they're they're ready. You know, they're ready to, to jump. Uh, you can only imagine with this loan program that the charlatans are going to be out there, the schemers, the scammers, the hustlers, the thugs. Um, we got to warn people: there will be all kinds of fraud here, and it will be you know, realtors will get caught up in it, and consumers will get caught up in it. And uh, that's one thing our journalists right now are working on: is the stories, you know, related to fraud. Anytime there's this much money being poured into 
into the system, there's folks out there. So we got to all be in guard, right? Does that, does that make sense? Or am I being paranoid about something that hasn't happened here? And that's why the speaker is a, uh, put that committee together to ensure that there, if there are opportunities there for waste, fraud, and abuse, that they are identifying them early in the process. Uh, and then the banks are also um, understandably very concerned about how they are able to process all of these loans as well. But the idea of this being that to, to get that liquidity out into the system as quickly as possible and, and, and then to backfill. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, just move to politics a little bit. Um, we talked about a consensus. I think this country has been waiting for this for so long and it's really amazing to see, but what's going to happen? It's an election year. You, you all watch this. You have a political action committee. The democratic convention has been delayed. Some States, I guess, didn't vote in the primary and uh, what, and I'm not asking to be partisan here, but what, what's going to happen with the election? Is this going to happen? Is it, what, what the heck? What what are you hearing on the Hill? I mean, is it is this it seems like a weird year? I don't think it's our priority right now for the average American. But you know, as a political observer, we all kind of wonder what what do you all see happening? Well, I think clearly, uh, as you said, uh, <clears throat> all kinds of impacts. Uh, you are seeing uh, governors uh, making decisions about you know, doubling down on, again, more electronic and mail-in ballots. Uh, how that translates into a general election, I think is anybody's bet right now. Uh, because if you look at it, um, you don't hear a whole lot about uh, campaigns at all. I mean, it's gone dormant uh, on a national level. Uh, we were prepared as, you know, a major trade association to be active participants at the Republican convention and the Democratic convention. More just a, uh, you know, we don't ever endorse a presidential candidate. That's been NAR's policy forever, because uh, that's a no win for us. But uh, we do want to make sure the platforms of each respective party represent the best interest of our members and consumers. Uh, but with conventions being delayed, I think there's still questions whether or not they're going to be held in any kind of format that any of us will ever expect the longer this pandemic, uh, uh, you know, continues. You know, Shannon might be in the best position to give her opinion of, you know, where do you think this is all going to end up, Shannon, as an election? Uh, you know, uh, with all these primaries being pushed out, Brad's question is spot on, and we look at it every day scratching our head going, uh, it's not in the focus of anybody that I've seen right now. Uh, yeah, so uh, when you're looking at especially the primaries, and I believe Ohio was the first one to push this back, but uh, because those are set by the political parties and those are not constitutional elections of uh, office like the, the president and the vice president, um, can be moved, but you're going to see... Um, I think everything moving fast forward into the presidential election um, going into November. Uh, so it's definitely, we've seen a downtick in the fundraising emails and appeals that come through. So, uh, you know, people are really focused on the crisis at hand and not on the electioneering and, um, and the fundraising as much as they, they usually are. Uh, and this is something where I think it's, it's very healthy for our country to take a bit of a pause and understand what really matters in keeping our, our families, our neighbors, our loved ones all safe and healthy uh, and uh, ensuring that we keep the integrity of the election process and that that goes forward with healthy, safe poll workers and um, uh, voters. So uh, we, can, yeah. we can pause on a little bit and then uh, get to it in November. 
and it's kind of nice, isn't it? I mean, I love political discourse. I like even disagreement, um, but the 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 decibel level of the political debate the last three years, I think, was too noisy for the average American. We're getting a break from that. Uh, we're getting a break from commutes, and we're getting a break from that honking of horns that was in our ears. And, oh, God, I'm so happy we're free of that. Let me ask you this, curious, do you think there's a possibility, and, this, and again, I don't want to be partisan, it's not time for that, but is it possible that Democrats in this situation could find a different candidate? You know, we're seeing these emerging gubernatorial leaders where I am Gavin Newsom has shown real leadership, you know, Cuomo gets credit. Um, others, is, is it possible they might, could they, I guess, technically, they could draft somebody else, right? Well, nothing is final until they get to their convention. And uh, I mean, you've seen brokered conventions in the past and uh, in different historical times, but uh, I have not, I, I share your uh, love of paranoia, but conspiracy theories, I don't know what, <laughs> what are the, all the ones that are out there on this right now, but uh, uh, you know, there definitely is a, a lot of conversation around Cuomo and others, but uh, it appears that uh, uh, Vice President Biden's is um, still holding on to the delegates right now. Well, this was great, gang. I really appreciate your time. I'm going to get some grief from some of my readers, and they're going to say, why didn't you ask any air about this? And why didn't you, you know, do what I always do and, and push them to do this, do that? And I, you know, this isn't the time. Um, I think we're all in this together, and uh, the most important thing we can do is, you know, our readership, um, some million people overlap so much with NARs and uh, membership, and uh, as I think we all realize, we're all in this together. So, um Thank you so much for doing this. And Shannon, I totally get why Bob hired you. You're super bright. You have a command of all the issues and that's never been more important. People have to get fact-based information. Um, watch those links on the internet sites that say, come here and I'll tell you how to get an SBA loan because they're probably some of those charlatans. And you know, go to the sources that are on top of this and that's certainly NAR in this situation. Uh, in my belief, this is why NAR exists. So. Um, Bob, thank you very much. And uh, Shannon, thank you very much. And any last words for the, the Inman listeners or readers? No, the only thing I would say, Brad, first, thank you, because I think this is a great service to our members. And any, any way we can engage them is great. If, I, if you'll indulge me for 10 seconds, we established a hotline, a COVID-19 hotline for our members, of which oh, great. thousands are already calling us because they just want to know where to get the resources also. So for those that don't want to go on the internet and find it, uh, you can call 1-800-874-6500, and it's an NER hotline that you can hit a selection to say, talk to us if you have questions about the COVID-19 virus and resources we have, or if you have questions about all the things you talked to us today about uh, for our members about how this stimulus bill or the CARES Act uh, impacts our members. So we have live representatives there to help guide our members as well. That's great, Bob. And we'll plug those into the story um, that uh, we, we place these uh, dispatches in. Any last words, Shannon? I just want to say thank you. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And I hope that you and your listeners stay safe and healthy and have a great Netflix queue ahead of you this weekend. Thank you very much. And uh, this is Brad Inman checking out. I um, want you all to have a fabulous weekend. Um, you deserve it. Stay close to the family and friends. And uh, tune in soon for my next Daily Dispatch. This is Brad Inman, checking out.